right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is the man, the myth, the legend, y'all, Kevin Bird. Dun, dun, dun. I am Willie B, man, and welcome to the podcast today. It's all about the underneath of your ride. And Kevin, how many times have you got a car, floor pans, gone, trunk pan, gone, you know, Oh man! All this corrosion, dirt, and rust just start chewing it away. Up here in Michigan, all over the place, man. And you know, it's interesting because uh, you know I'm displaced. I I grew up in Florida. I grew up on literally a little island in the intercoastal, surrounded by saltish water, surrounded by the ocean. So cars always rusted. Terrible. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> Swim trunks and flip flops. It's a terrible way to live life. <laughs> but you know there the salt is in the air and it you know settles down on your car and back in the 70s and 80s and you know of course the older cars you know they rotted from the top side and that's all i knew and i remember um you know being a mechanic and uh you know being early green and and hit my first car that was a northern car you know i was doing brake jobs and underneath the cars and you know rolled in and the entire bottom side was rotted to the core yeah. i mean everything all the brake lines were shot brake fluids squirting out everywhere and i'm like what the hell happened to this car? I just had no idea growing up, you know, in Florida, you know? But that's kind of my experience is now I'm up in, you know, Detroit area in Michigan and, and all the road salts and everything under the bottom side. So my world is upside down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand, man. One of the funniest things my dad told me as a kid I thought I got the biggest kick out of is we're driving. I'm in Kentucky, right? So they used to throw down salt and stuff and, and we're driving and he sees his pickup truck beside us and the whole rear quarter of the pickup truck is rusted out. He goes, look at that, son. Chuck's doing a disappearing act. <laughs> Has to be from up north. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. We, we talked on the podcast about my car as a Christmas program and I could always tell when I get a car that's been in salt. Like that has has you know a, a place where they throw salt down on the road because man these cars come in and I'm talking you know not just eighth inch I'm talking quarter of an inch you see the steel it's all just flaked and rusted away and comes off in layers and it's flimsy the whole underneath of the ride is all just nothing but surface rust or even worse you know and it just tears apart I'm in Colorado so I'm fortunate I literally sandblasted a 70 Challenger in my shop a year ago year and a half ago two years ago probably and it's still sitting there without any rust on the body 
you can't do that anywhere but Colorado. However, we do have mag chloride, which is a killer of cars that gets underneath the car. And especially now, you know, in the winter, people can need to be thinking about that because how do they winterize the road? They throw down gravel here and mag chloride, which is just as bad. It chews up aluminum, pits metal. I mean, it is nasty stuff. Well, between all the gravel, right, eating away at paint and coatings from the factory, then you throw that mag chloride in there and the salt's in there and it just starts to shred a car from the bottom side. You know, a lot of people, you know, DIY guys, mechanics, everybody, you know, a lot of our listeners, they probably totally get it because they're underneath their car. Uh, Right. But I can imagine the general public can probably just see the outside, the top side of their car and not know the difference and realize (laughs) what's going on under there. Like how much (laughs) that stuff is rotting away. Like I said, that car, you know, my first experience with a Northern car on the lift you know, all the brake lines were rotted out, right? You hit that brake pedal and you're squirting fluid instead of stopping a big, you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 pound car or truck, you know? So there's this huge safety element that's sitting, you know, right underneath where your toes are, but you're not under there looking to see how nasty it is, right? How- I can't help but to think about that meme that has like, you know, your wife or girlfriend driving a car and she'll hit a speed bump at 65 and go, oops, you know, like that. And then she rolls into the driveway like, honey, the car is making a little bit of a noise and you get under it. You got the rotors hanging off. You got control arms rusted through, you know, rear ends cocked, you know, three inches one direction. You know, yeah, it's... Uh, it's funny, man, because it definitely happens. And the general public, like you said, just never probably even thinks to, how do I address the underside of my car? How do I winterize it? How do I, you know, make it sort of viable in conditions that, you know, would normally throw a bunch of corrosiveness, a bunch of nasty sort of elements at it and alloys at it and start eating it up? How do I protect, you know, a big investment, something I got a lot of money in? Well, it's, it's one thing to be honest, you know, being up here now for quite a few years is, uh, you know, I, I think I'm still fairly negligent, you know, because uh, the OEs have definitely moved the needle as far as uh, what they've done to cars, you know, the materials and the coatings and things from the factory. They're so much better than they were back in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Um, but I wrench on cars all the time up north and I still, you know, struggle with those rusted bolts and, you know, your calipers and everything just can kind of rot out from under you so fast. Uh, you know, I haven't quite done anything about it. Right. Like, um, and I'm kind of going through my first cycle still of like how old a car gets and then how nasty it gets. And like, man, shouldn't I have done something like five years ago or eight years ago? Like. So I'm, I'm learning it. You need to grab a pen, brother. You got to grab a pen, take some notes, because when we get back from the gr- the break, we're going to have Joe DuPont on. He's with NH Oil Undercoating. And I got to tell you, man, when it comes to this stuff, it's the best way to learn how to do it, which is the right kit for, con- you know, considering where you're at and the elements you're against. So we'll find out from him, man. Give us the best steps on how to and what to do. So back after the break on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is the man, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, and we're fired up because today's podcast has our boy Joe DuPont on it. And I got to tell you, man, when you're the president of a company you know, called NH Oil Undercoating, you know you got some knowledge behind what to do underneath your car. So, Joe, thanks for taking a little bit of a time just to educate us and talk to us a little bit, my man. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I heard your intro, so you guys have no experience with rust. 
Oh, lots of experience with rust, just not how to, you know, avoid it as well as we probably should. In Colorado, we're lucky here because I really did sandblast the 70 Challenger. It's still hanging out in my shop, and we don't have humidity in the air here to, you know, to worry about rust like we do. And, you know, I used to live in Florida. I grew up in Kentucky, so hot rods would melt away with the salt, the brine, and, you know, everything to put on the roads in the winter. It would just eat them up. Whereas here, we don't have a lot of moisture, which is great, but at the same time, I do a program called Cars for Christmas. I give cars to needy families. So I buy cars from all over the country and they trade them in at different dealerships I get. So I'm always trying to repair cars from up north and northeast, places that have to deal with salt. And I got to tell you, man, that is an ugly, ugly world. Yeah, it's actually sad. So, you know, you're in Colorado and the higher elevations, they must be putting down de-icing uh, on the roads. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mad chloride, man. It's ugly. It chews it up. That, that, so that's kind of the catalyst, I think, for I'm old enough to remember the industry back in the 80s. It was a, it was a big industry. I mean, I would say probably uh, 50% plus of the vehicles that were manufactured, they were all rust-proofed. Rusty Jones. Yeah, yeah. When when you think about it, the the industry kind of disappeared. But I, I truly believe that the de-icing materials that they're using today are going to play a big role in the revival of that industry. And I'm seeing it, you know, not just here in the Northeast, but uh, we have dealers across the country. And and uh, you know, I'm getting people in um in the upper parts of Kentucky, in um, North Carolina, in the higher elevations. And then you talked about florida salt uh, we got a lot of interest in in um hawaii oh wow you know being an island we we, we know that you know uh salt water plays a big role on on maintenance just on homes that are waterfront homes but it does the same to uh vehicles and uh, you know i get into this business out of desperation uh, i i live in the northeast and i bought a uh, diesel uh truck that i knew i would get a lot of miles on but i wasn't sure in fact i was sure i wasn't going to get uh, you know the body to last uh, as long as the engine oh yeah man in the northeast especially so you know y- you look at what you're doing in the industry explain a little bit um, what's the difference? Because a lot of people think like, you know, paint or a conventional type undercoating would suffice. Um, but, you know, when you really look at fighting corrosion and, you know, corrosion inhibitors, what's going to be the best for people out there uh, as far as protection wise against all these elements you're kind of referencing? Okay, so we're, we're going to talk about oil-based rust proofing. And oil-based rust proofing actually started many years ago. I, I believe, you know, rumor has it that farmers would notice oil leaks on their tractors and the lack of rust around the oil leaks. Oh, yeah. I grew up on an 853-acre dairy farm, man. None of our tractors ever rusted because they all drew, leaked oil. <laughs> so, you know, what, what did you do? You know, being, you know, thrifty, I think they would change the oil and throw the oil everywhere. And, and it actually, it's effective. <laughs> it, 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 it's not engineered for the application, but it's effective. And I've seen my neighbors, I had a lot of farmer neighbors that they did exactly that. Now, the difference between oil and, say, paint or rubberized uh, type of a... Um, uh, uh, undercoating product is that if you have rust, okay, pre-existing rust, most of those products you mentioned will actually encapsulate the rust. So they trap the moisture, the oxygen below the surface. It looks pretty for a little while. Eventually it peels off and, you know, you have an ugly mess. Um, 
oil works very differently. So oil will actually penetrate through that rust down to the good metal. It'll displace moisture and remove oxygen. You take either one of those out of the equation, you stop oxidation. Well, the nice thing is, right, just like you're saying, there's a wicking, right? You're not just sealing. So if you, you know, try to seal it with a barrier, one, if you penetrate it in a crack, a scuff, uh, anything, right, a little porous hole, now you got a place for it to go and you got a place for it to, to wick in as far as the salt. But if you do it in a, let's say, more of a, let's say, like a liquid type, an oil, right now you can wick in, you can get into the seams, you can get into pinch welds, right? A lot of areas that maybe you couldn't have a direct shot at it, but it's going to kind of penetrate and work its way into all those kind of cracks and crevices. And I think, you know, a lot of us are very familiar with, you know, penetrating oils to break rusted bolts and nuts, you know, loose. Sure. So I assume this kind of works in a very similar fashion, right? Yeah, and, and very good point. So the fact that it wicks down to the good metal, displaces moisture, it also means that when you spray, let's say, you know, a pickup truck bed, the cross member of the pickup truck bed, which are notorious for rotting out, and, and which are prone to hold moisture, body cavities tend to be where rust begins because they're unfinished surfaces. Typically, the spot welds, folds, seams, and they hold moisture. This will actually encapsulate the entire interior of that cross member. And not only does it remove oxygen, stop the oxidation, but, you know, oil now is a barrier against anything getting back to that surface. Um, and it does the same thing inside rocker panels, door panels. Um, so it creeps and migrates, and it protects the most vulnerable parts of your vehicle. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I, you know, I got online, I checked out some of your videos, uh, NH under oil undercoating, and you can see, you know, how this stuff is applied. And it's not just, you know, bulk sprayed across the bottom, right? I'm watching the technician kind of spray it in tiny holes, you know, in the door panel, like in the rocker, maybe around your tailgate on your truck. Uh, so like you said, a, a lot of areas where there's drain holes and, and, and ways for water to get out, but it's also ways for salt and everything to wick in and uh, kind of hitting those. And you can see, you know, cars, right? It's along those seams and those folded edges just like you said, it's where that water, you know, wicks in and holds that moisture, you know, you're kind of taking advantage of the same thing that the water's doing by getting your product in there to disperse that water and, and the oxygen and everything else that forms the, the rust, right? Right, and it's all the more important now that they're using, what are you calling it, mag Mag chloride, yeah, man, it's awful. So they, they use a uh, magnesium chloride, sodium chloride, it's all liquefied, so it gets into these areas where rock salt couldn't. More importantly, what they're doing is 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 putting um, uh, additives in it, such as beet uh, beet juice. Um, they're putting in uh, byproducts of distilling alcohol. They're putting in uh, sticky additives so that when they lay this down as a pretreatment on the road, it doesn't wash off. And when you drive over the stuff, it doesn't discriminate. Now it, it's getting in those areas and it sticks because of those additives. Um, all the more important to have the oil there, which will prevent it to, from getting to that surface. So all, all of that stuff, what a lot of people don't realize, it just expedites the process of corrosion and speeds up the process of, you know, tearing apart all your, there's a lot of rubber garments and suspension components and bushings and all kinds of, I mean, you'll see it deteriorate these items so quick and so fast over just a couple years. Um, the question is, how often, how fast, how soon should somebody, after they purchase their car, look at 
putting in some sort of barrier like like you guys offer? Well, anyone that asks, when when should I have this done? If you haven't done it, now. Um, and we do have a couple of different products. We have an option uh, on brand new vehicles, okay? So we have a wax and an oil combination, okay? It's like a two-stage. Uh, but I would, I would tell you, get it done right away before you drive around and accumulate dirt, dust, road dust inside your body cavities because as that piles up inside, you know, uh, let's say the rocker panels it takes the oil that much longer to travel through that down to the metal um and and all that dirt and dust is like mud and it holds the moisture you want to do it right away well one thing i saw too which is kind of cool um i don't know if you mentioned it already but you guys when you think about oil it's not you know black motor oil It, it 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 seems like it's more of a clear uh and i think i saw in there it's a food grade mineral oil is that right yeah, so it's a petroleum-based product, um, and, and it is a non-hazardous, uh, unregulated, non-toxic product. The base oil is a white mineral oil, and, and we use green corrosion inhibitors in this uh, to uh, uh, fight and, and, you know, improve the performance. Um, it is not, you know, use motor oil Byron chain oil, et cetera, like many people, you know, did for years and years. This is engineered for the application and legal. And you have, um, right, this sort of white clearish one. Uh, but I saw a truck that you guys have on there without the bed on it. You know, just think of a big uh, sort of industrial truck. And, you know, all the frame and springs and everything is just all rusted. And uh, you've got a sort of a carbon black tint that you can put in there. Uh, and once you spray it on there, I mean, it, it almost looks like it's got some, you know, back to factory, you know, kind of that new appeal to it. Uh, man, it just looks, you know, you think about a rusted axle and, you know, the whole pumpkin and everything uh, between, you know, getting it wet again and, and sort of penetrating, lifting some of that rust and then getting that carbon black kind of color in there. Man, it looks really good. I was impressed. Thank you. Yeah, we actually spray a, about 3,000 vehicles through our shop a year, so we, we don't just manufacture the product. And by the way, we don't private label anything. We have a chemist with over 30 years experience in the automobile chemical coating industry who, who formulates and helps us develop all of our products. But we had a lot of people that would come in, and, and we're very close to the problem and we would get a lot of feedback saying, hey, it's great. You know, you sprayed with oil. It's, I know it's doing its job, but I, you know, I wish we could improve the appearance at the same time. And that's where we came up with our Back in Black, which is the same product as the Clear, but it improves uh, substantially the appearance of the surface. Wow, man. Pretty cool. And it doesn't, it doesn't harm any wiring or anything like that. You got other options that, you know, when I'm looking on your website, just jumped on your website and I recommend everybody do. You guys got a little tech blog where there's all kinds of questions uh, asked about, hey, will this, uh, you know, do A, B, and C? And it looks like you guys got about everything you could possibly think of to protect the underneath of your car, your ride, or your SUV. We actually, um, you, you guys must be familiar with the problem with, well, there's always been a problem with mice getting into the uh, uh, under. Oh, yeah. 
Well, the soy-based uh, coatings that they put on the uh, harnesses, the wiring harnesses, have you heard about that? Yeah, mice seem to love those, right? Aren't they a little tasty to them? Uh, they, they are. They, they, they substituted the petroleum for soy base, and, and it's become a real big problem. So we're actually, we just came out with a product. We're about to launch it within the next uh, 30 days, which is, it's our oil. We noticed that... A, a lot of things happen after you have your vehicle undercoated. Squeaks, squeaks kind of go away uh, miraculously. Uh, you know, spare tires now become functional. But we did notice that mice didn't like walking on the oil, so it was it, it slowed down the the rodent problem. And and what we did was we did some research and we decided to add some essential uh, peppermint oils to uh, product. That's pretty smart, man. All right. Well, I'm just trying to solve problems. Yes, it's a smart sort of approach. Yeah, I like the way this guy thinks. I, I it's because I, you know, I, I drive. I, I have a vehicle, and and you know, I, I want to save my vehicle. And honestly, you know, we don't. Money's great. It's like oxygen, but we're really trying to make a product, help people extend the life of their vehicle. If we do it right, money becomes the byproduct of having done that right. Amen to that, man. So let's take a quick break. We'll come right back at it with Joe DuPont from NH Oil Undercoating. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Joe DuPont on from NH Oil Undercoating. You guys got to check out the site. Hey, Joe, matter of fact, tell everybody where they could see you socially, see some of the products we're talking about. You got a great little tech blog on there as well. And I got to ask you, what are the first few steps you would recommend for rust proofing today's cars and trucks? Okay, so you can find us at nhoilundercoating.com. Um, we would, I would recommend that, you know, you're going to have two types of, uh, people that one are going to be do it yourselfers. If you're a do it yourselfer, you can find do it yourself kits on our website and we actually hold public workshops and, um, we videotaped a couple of those workshops and, and it kind of goes through the equipment and, you know, preparation application and then maintenance. So those videos are available, um, for somebody who's inclined to not climb under the vehicle um, and they want to have the product applied, we have about we have well over 200 um, dealers. Uh, they're factory trained applicators across the country. Wow. Um, we they come in most of them and they train in our shop. Um, and it's very very important that you you know how to apply the product um, because the best product in the world, if improperly applied, is completely worthless. Um, so our guys have been trained. We also have the largest selection of um, rust proofing equipment in the country. They make a, 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 a rather substantial capital investment, not only in time, but in money to buy the, the right equipment, the product, and then learn how to apply it properly. So you can go check out our dealers. There's quite a few of them. Yeah, man. And you know what? It's funny because a little bit of preventive maintenance will save you a bunch of money. You talked about how much money people spend. If you think about the brake lines, fuel tanks, exhaust systems, everything underneath your car and how much it costs to fix it, and knowing that this is one of the main causes of failure. So whether it's salt, brine, mag chloride, or whatever, if you could protect the undercarriage of your car, why would you do that for a small investment versus shelling out, you know, twelve hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks for suspension components and other critical 
pieces underneath, you know, your car that could be affected by this. Well, that's the life of a northern car that I'm, you know, kind of now learned and, uh, you know, trying to look forward on is, uh, you know, you get a car that, you know, as, especially as a DIY kind of guy that can fix things. Man, you can keep an engine, transmission, everything running for as long as you want. Do a rebuild, whatever. But when that body rots out, it's game over. Oh, yeah. And then it's worthless. It's right? It doesn't matter how much good maintenance you've done. Right, replacing brakes and everything else, like all the functionals are there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I had an Explorer that was my winter beater, right? It kept my good cars good. But that Explorer, it was in great, you know, functional shape. And, you know, I didn't have to care about it, but it still did the death walk, you know, a little bit each <laughs> winter, like just crumbling to where it was like, you know, it's not worth wrenching on it because every time you get under there, you know, there's just a whole plethora of rusted nuts and bolts and things. And, you know, it took five times the time to do the jobs, you know, because everything was stuck together. And yeah, man, I, I'm, yeah, a, man. I'm a convert here. I'm, I'm, I'm signing up, right? And, you know, you're doing brakes and you look at the trailing arm. It's got holes in it. You look at the caliber of the lines. It's all rusted. So now a small investment turns into a major one because you can't just let that go. Absolutely. <laughs> right? So yeah. there's a book called Rust, The Longest War. Uh, only geeks like me would read it, but uh, they it, it was said that in Ohio, vehicles lose ten pounds a year from corrosion. <laughs> wow, they didn't they didn't have to go on an Atkins diet or anything. They just drive around, <laughs> you know, shed shed the pounds. Well, I tell you, that's the number one thing I look for because I can fix anything except a rotted out body. So if I'm looking for any kind of used car. Forget it. You know, if I'm seeing the rot on it, I'm walking away. I'll spend more for sure to get something that's clean and try to give it as much life, right? Yeah, man, no doubt. So best ways, you know, it is funny. I see memes all the time. You've probably seen them too, Kev, where you'll have a, you know, a, a truck on a lift or something in the front half, a buckle, or the car will fold in half yeah. from rust damage. You know, what is what is the best way, Joe, in your opinion, if people are in the areas where they're throwing down salt, you get tons of moisture, they fight this on a regular, what are the best sort of one, two, three steps that you would recommend? And especially, you know, a, a lot of people, I don't think probably realize do you have to clean your car is it best to pressure wash your car underneath it in the winter or what's some reasons you don't want to do that can you walk us through a couple of those so here's something i learned we we actually considered putting a uh, car wash an automatic car wash in at at, at our location in uh, new england and and um, i always suspected this but i had it confirmed when i had three um equipment manufacturers come out and and um you know, try to sell us on, on their equipment. And I asked them all point blank. I said, how we, because for the most part, most car washes, because of regulatory reasons or monetary reasons, uh, are recycling a, a large percent of their water. All right. Some of these car washes can go through 100, 150 gallons on a, uh, a single um, touchless wash. And you have to pay for that to come in and go out. How are they getting rid of the sodium and the, the road brine um, when they filter that uh, water and reuse it? And I asked this question to these manufacturers, and I'm not looking to pick a fight with them, but honestly, th they all ducked the question, which means that in most of these car washes, you're, you're, getting, you're, you're shooting into your body cavities uh, sodium, magnesium, whatever's in there. Um, 
So we did make a product. I developed a product that was the only one on, on the market that I know of. I said to my chemist, how do we break down the sticky additives in the, in the de-icing material in order to remove completely the product? And um, he made us a product to do that. So if you're going to consider doing this yourself, you may want to buy some of our salt brine eliminator. It's just something you put in a foam cannon. You let it soak 15 minutes, rinse it off. Uh, of course, you want to get any loose, flaky rust off and then let the vehicle dry. Um, you put it on the following day. Uh, take, should take you know an hour and a half, two hours, and you're good to go for a year. Well, it sounds like you got a lot of good uh, DIY options, right, for those of us who want to save a few pennies. And it sounds like you got a ton of kind of drive-up you know, shops and outlets where you can kind of just hand wave it and get it done and, and really kind of protect the car, man. That, almost sounds a little bit too easy well listen you it's the the book is called the longest war rust the longest war we're never gonna win we can't be <laughs> we can't be much in mother nature but you know 75 percent of our day was spent just educating consumers and getting them to think proactively so the biggest challenge for me isn't technological um it's really cultural so you know not a lot of people will get down there and look at the undercarriage unless they feel an inspection and so i'm trying to get them to think proactively the same way you would you know any other regular maintenance type thing on your vehicle yeah man smart moves joe and again tell everybody one more time for people watching uh listening or whatever tell everybody where to find you socially where to check out some of your products and where to find you online just go to nhoilundercoating.com. We'll come up everywhere. All wise words, man. All wise words. Great products. Hey, Joe, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks for taking a few minutes. Educate us a little bit on undercoating and fighting elements. And, man, I wish Kevin all the luck in that battle. I'm stuck here in High Plains Desert of Colorado, man, so it's a little <laughs> less of a worry for me. Kevin, however, you deal with that pretty regularly up there in Detroit. Oh, it's brutal, man. And I tell you, I took a lot of notes, and I am going to be a smarter man <laughs> going forward, man. All my vehicles are going to run tip-top, and they're going to look tip-top, and they're going to hold together for a lot longer. Well, you know, he did make a couple good points. If you've got a newer car, you don't think about it, but you really should get that done ASAP before it has a chance to start, right? Yeah, I mean, like you said, just getting the, the dirt in there, it's acting like kind of a sponge, like mud, you know, like... You're thinking, oh, I got time, I got time, but yeah, no, it's it's probably a good idea to start getting that stuff in there early, and you know, once you sp you know spreading rust around, man, it just grows. It's like a weed. Exactly. Right? Well, another good idea is to check out our TV show. It airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings and throw a fit if they don't have it. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, Mr. Joe DuPont, my man Kevin Burr, I am Willie B. To our producer, Scoop, and our executive producer is Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. You know, and share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. The Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020 Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Bam, we'll see you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.